everybody. Welcome back. We're here with uh, Jonathan Banks today, Vince Gilligan, Michelle McLaren. We're going to talk about episode number 502, Breaking Bad Insider Podcast. I'm, I don't have my game on yet. Yeah, you, yeah, you, really. you always put your game on. I'm like, uh, we're kind of like, we're 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 all in the middle of cutting these episodes like crazy. We're huddled around in my editing room, um, you know, practically knees to knees, you know, mic to mic, um, trying to do this podcast on the fly. So, um, mic to mic to mic here. Yeah, yeah. basically, Jonathan. it's four mics here. Um, Five mics counting Jonathan. Yeah. Jonathan's character Jonathan. mic. Oh yeah, Jonathan. Oh it's yeah, a you're joke. Right. It's Jonathan Mike on the mic, right? Yes. Jonathan. Mike's on the mic. Mike on the mic. It's a joke. <laughs> well, it's not a very good <laughs> joke, but it is a joke. I usually have to explain them. Anyway, uh, we're here going to Cliff's notes. We're here to talk about 502. Vince Gilligan, creator of the show. Hello. Michelle Hello. McLaren, director and executive producer of the show. Hello. Jonathan Banks plays Hi, Mike. How are you? And me, Kelly Dixon. I edited this actually, so. Yeah, let's start right job. in. Thank you very job. much. Um, uh, uh, you know, it was funny when I read this script, I was really excited because the world basically opened up. I had no idea, you know, and I kind of, you know, people were asking me uh, when I was working on another show, they were saying, why, why don't you go over there and, you know, look at the writer's room and look at the boards and see what happens. And I'm like, no, no, I really don't want to know. I want to know when they're ready to like tell me. <laughs> so I remember uh, sitting uh, in my uh, in my backyard on my swing on my porch swing, you know, by the pool, reading this script and really excited because basically you, you opened up the world and I had no idea what was going to happen and it was so exciting. So we start in Germany at that's Madrigal. Right. We sure do. In German. And that's the name of the episode, Madrigal. Madrigal. Yeah. In German. Yes. Which was so fun because obviously you didn't write in German. We knew we'd get translated in German. How do you know I didn't write in German? Because I read it. <laughs> that's true. I don't speak German. That is, that is correct. <laughs> but but uh, so we start in Germany and we have no idea what we're doing and we're like basically tasting with tater tots. Tater tots. Yes. Tasting. You know, uh, really interestingly named uh, new sauces. Yes. Uh, so tell us about that. I mean, you know, you guys basically you went from the big magnet in last week's episode to yeah. Germany. To so Germany. how did that kind of start out in the writers' room? You want to try and give us a little bit of a. Well, we're we're finally meeting Madrigal, the uh, the what would seem to be the evil empire that uh, that ultimately ran uh, uh, that ultimately bankrolled Gus Fring's organization. And this is kind of an odd evil empire if, if they're concerned, you know, their day-to-day -day concerns are, are, are creating various uh, sauces for various fast food uh, concerns. So, uh, so maybe they're evil, maybe they're not, you know, maybe it's just certain elements within. But uh, yeah, we when we come to this uh, this uh, world uh, in, in Hanover, Germany, we never say where in Germany, but it's, it's Hanover, uh, we, we see that they have very uh, mundane, sort of banal corporate concerns including you know creating things such as french you know <laughs> half french half ranch dressing and and i tell you i love uh, you did a great job directing this one uh, uh michelle and i love tell them uh, where germany actually is in real life here well um it was very hard for us to find germany in albuquerque new mexico and when the script first came out vince uh, if you remember the scene in the tasting kitchen was written for a uh, boardroom oh that's right for a yeah. german boardroom and yeah. and uh, we really wanted to make everything different than a normal episode of breaking bad because mm -hmm. we were in germany uh with the way it was shot the way it was cast the way it was performed the you know everything about it and of course the 
locations, and we could not find corporate Germany in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I can't remember Odd. who it was that came <laughs> up with this idea, but they said, well, what if it's in a testing kitchen? It might have been Mark Freeborn, our production designer. I'm not sure. But yeah. uh, we really asked locations to think out of the box, mm -hmm. and they came to us with a high school that had a building that hadn't been open yet, and this was actually, this building was actually for their film school, which hadn't opened yet, and their cooking school. And we walked in, and there it was, was like a, the Votech building. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we walked into this kitchen that had not been used yet. It was brand new completely pristine and they said sure you guys can can shoot in it and so we thought fantastic and you were there actually you were with us in albuquerque and we went and looked at it i was on the scout and yeah, yeah you were on the scout and um and we thought fantastic let's, yeah. let's do this and then mark freeborn our production designer uh designed all those wonderful uh signs that we put up in the in yeah. the main hall which is which was basically a meeting hall or, or or just a lobby i guess of the building i think it's the, i think it's the multi-purpose hall where they have like a lunch room or have assemblies or something right. except they you know there were no tables in there there right and exactly. then you guys made all those signs too and i told michelle i said you need to go and get that that sign that says that they're taking down the los pollos and bring it back well you know i went to do that kelly you I, did I, and, and mark freeborn had already scooped it and he's about the one person that i would have Seriously? a problem scooping it from well vince yes. yeah. vince trump so he could get vince it can trump. vince can trump mark i didn't have the heart to trump mark but, you but know actually what? there's you another secret sign in there yeah that, i would talk about yeah. that because i was bummed you know you actually mentioned the luft waffle which I think was the coolest well, one. I know. They mentioned that, that in the script, and, uh, and unfortunately it got hung way on the other side of the wall, and so we never get to see it. That's not the one we talked about. The one yeah. that's placed beside Which Los Poyos oh, is yeah. Burgermatic. The one Burgermatic yeah. from, from uh, I am sorry. Fries, I'm sorry. Right? Waffles. Luft Waffles didn't make it. It's there, but it's it's the yellow one part. Yes, but uh, Burgermatic, uh, or BM, as it's known in the corporate parlance, is... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I that was the uh, that was a little inside joke that I had fun uh, getting in there, and Warner Brothers very nicely allowed us to use their. Oh wow! Did you have to you had to clear it? Through I think that? it had to be cleared. Wow. We were only allowed to use it once. Oh, because is yeah. it a trade? Yeah. Is it is it the same trademark? It's not just the name; it's the actual we, it's, look of it. We, the I, I wrote a movie uh, that uh, the, the first script I ever wrote, first feature script I ever wrote back in 1989, wound up getting made as a as a feature in 1998, uh, starring Drew Barrymore and Luke Wilson. It's called Home Fries. And uh, it centers around this fast food restaurant and, uh, where Luke Wilson falls in love with Drew Barrymore and uh, tries to kill her uh, <laughs> because at the behest of his mom. Anyway, all this to say, the, uh, the, the name of the uh, fast food joint I made up for the, for the movie was called Burgermatic. And so uh, Warner's <laughs> owns it now. They own the, uh, the intellectual property there, and they let us use the... Uh, the uh, the uh, uh, Home Fries' art department's vision of what... Uh, oh, shoot, man. Just yesterday I was talking to Dean Pariseau, who directed that movie. He's a great guy. I hadn't talked to him for years. I should have mentioned yeah, that. I should have yeah. mentioned we, uh, we, we... Anyway, it was fun to have that uh, shout-out from that other movie I wrote. Uh, God, 12, 13, 14. It got made uh, 14, 15 years ago. I wrote it. God, way 20 years. 20, way more. 20, 20 plus. 23 years ago. Jesus, time flies. <laughs> God almighty. And that was strategically placed. So that yes. we would, yeah, yeah. So, so, we, we would, so we could we see, would, it. Yeah. We would see it. Yeah. yeah, that was that was really fun. But one other, one other thing I should mention too is that Mark Freeborn and uh, our production designer and his wonderful team, they designed that bathroom, and that was a set and um, which was beautiful. It was, yeah. It's one of the most beautiful sets I've had the privilege of. But shooting wait, before on you get so so far there, mm -hmm. I wanted to like jump back because I wanted to definitely talk about the guy 
who plays the German like head of you know research and development yeah, or the, whatever the guy's yeah, food no 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 the oh, food oh, guy Car- uh, Carrington okay. yeah Carrington Vilmont I <laughs> love his name I've never met the man uh, if he's listening uh, you did an excellent job Mr. Vilmont uh, he was funny as hell he's he out was, of New York I think he was and you New said York that he, he did like a Skype was it a Skype or he sent in a video or he something he shot himself on I, I don't know who knows what maybe his iPhone or something he shot his own uh, uh, audition and we hired him off of that yeah we we and um <laughs> and it was it was challenging finding all these actors because they had to speak German obviously and, yeah and um and uh, we did fly uh we fly, we flew all of them in and uh, they did fan- they did a fantastic job Wait. and we had a German translator on set who ended up playing the lawyer in the boardroom who'd never been acted before in his life. And uh, was a German businessman yeah. who was our technical advisor, and uh, is the German in the boardroom who um, he has one line, and, and right. he, when he leans back, he reveals Lydia. allegedly, 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 yes, yeah. exactly. Um, and he was wonderful. But the the other thing too is, can you tell us what the actual stuff is that the actor had to eat? Because it was like that stuff was like that French looked. At first, it looked like frosting. <laughs> well, here's here's what happened: is that it had to be edible, obviously. Yeah. So it was a lot of it was made out of icing. Yeah. And on the day, the icing coagulated, and uh, unfortunately, it looked too much like icing. But we we had to shoot it, so we shot it, and then we had to uh, shoot later an insert. Uh, for a close-up on just the French. Just Everything the French. else well, looked fine. And that was um, paint. Yeah. And uh, see, it was paint, and I can't remember what else it was, but it was completely not edible. And I remember saying to the... Everything's <laughs> edible for a few seconds. For a few least. seconds. I remember saying to the actor who was doing the insert, whatever you do, do not put, put this in, in your, your mouth. mouth. <laughs> yeah, because when we got the insert... We looked at the French, and I, it had this sheen to it, yeah. and it had to like have the orange and the white. And so we were like looking. Vince and I were looking, and I go, "That looks like paint to me. It looks like like yeah. uh, oil yeah. paint or artist paint." That well, you, well, it well, looked Vince, great. Vince wanted, you know, and 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 this is you know all part of your br- brilliance is the details. Wanted the sauces to peak in a certain way. Well, sauce doesn't peak, you know, when you get that little when you get the little, little curly point, cue, the little curly cue on the top. Yeah, you even wrote so, curly cue in your yes. script. That is my so brilliance. We, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the way people slavishly try to reproduce it. I'm the only one that's going, I'm going to hit him in the heart. Are you kidding me? If there is any brilliance, it's, it's getting together a team of folks who, who do work so hard and use all their believe, talent. To, you to can't do. believe the wardrobe when I go, you're not really going to make me wear that out there. It's 110 degrees. And they go, no, but Vince really wanted And I will say this. You came to my aid one time when you had him rip out the lining oh, okay. of a winter jacket. Gotcha. I went, I can't wear this. I wear it. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, God bless you for wearing it out there. Oh, yeah, it is right not now you say that. It's I'm a little you, art. It's forever. Art. It's forever. The pain is Rob Bowman, the good director and good guy who used to work on the X-Files, always said, the pain fades, but the glory remains. <laughs> so let's so let's let's go ahead and jump to that bathroom right quick because mm-hmm. the bathroom is, you know, got a red, you know, theme to it. Even yeah. the toilet paper is red. Yeah, they found some toilet paper. Mark Freeborn's, or, or maybe Michael Flowers, his set decorator, found some red toilet paper you could order online. Mm-hmm. So we figured, yeah, why not red toilet paper? And then tell us about getting the German 
version of a of a you know the what's the machine called the defibrillator yeah the defibrillator it's I don't called like know. AED well, or something like that it's in German it's, uh, is it in German yeah the, it is yeah everything's in German yeah. this is this just yet yet again goes to or, or points out the 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 level of detail and craftsmanship that goes into you know, to be honest any TV show any movie but but all I could talk about is ours and we and our great crew and uh, Mark Hansen our prop master and his crew found. You know, it, it's it's just one example of, of, of what goes into this show, or as I say, probably any production. But, you know, I, I get uh, emailed to me, I get photos of eight or nine or ten defibrillators of all various, real ones of all various colors and makes and models. And then I I get to, you know, it's like this wonderful, uh, you know, uh, uh, buffet or something, smorgasbord you get to go through. I want that, and I want this, and I want... So I get to <laughs> I pick the one out that, that I found you know, aesthetically pleasing or whatever. And then they've got to come up with German instructions and German labels for it. Of course, you can't, you got to Greek it up a little bit, this prop, the real, the real life unit. You have to, you have to change some aspects of it because this is, this is a classic example in legal speak of uh, misuse of product. You oh, know, wow. Using this life-saving device to, 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 you know, kill oneself. Obviously, that is not the way the unit is intended to be used, and, and <laughs> to say the least, and and, I, and 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 honestly, I don't think it would even work like that. I don't it, think it, it does. Well, you should yeah, give it yeah. a try, folks. <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. There's actually there's there, it, it, there's actually a, it wouldn't work. Like it wouldn't this. work like that. Yeah, yeah. But we took a little creative license. Um, yeah. But you know, Vince, on that note, that's something to keep in mind is that when we go into a large location like that, yeah. every single piece of signage, exit signs, everything had to be changed into German. That's so right. there's there's a lot of detail. Another really cool thing about that bathroom is. We really wanted that actor to do the fall himself off the toilet. Yes. And, um, you know, I really wanted to do that shot, that wide, low-angle shot. So the And we were um, all calling, there's no way. Right. There's, there's no, no way. way. And the special effects and art department together, that floor is actually a, those those uh, squares that look mm-hmm. like tile on the floor are actually padded. It's a padded floor. Yeah. And it's still very hard. I mean, the, the actor Norbert. Norbert uh, uh, Weiser or Weiser. Uh, uh, yeah, probably German. Norbert Weiser. Yes. He, he did that fall by himself. Yeah. And excellent, actually, excellent actor. He did. He did a he great did a, job. He did a great job. Yeah. And, uh, and we were prepared to actually have to replace that floor uh, in with visual effects. We if did. We had to. We didn't. Are you sure? Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I think we did. I think we did. No, some no, work. no. They no? didn't replace. Uh-huh. No, they didn't replace. They might have. They might have taken out some of the sponginess. When okay, his, when yeah, yeah. because we but did do visual effect on it. So, but there were a couple that like. But they didn't replace it though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's. I mean, it, it was it was minute compared to what we thought we were going to have to do. Right. That and we and and Diane and and Bill Pulaski froze Norbert's eyes. Yeah. So yes. that they remain open, so he doesn't blink. Right. Uh, but I mean, but, but he like fell on his head. It was he, like an excellent. A, I can't believe he did stunt. it. He did an excellent yeah, job. He I, was in, uh, I never met him either. I never meet anybody. I'm always trapped. You're trapped in, in the Burbank. writer's room. He but, uh, but did he was such a good job. And we had a stuntman there, and the stuntman did a take um, on the on the straight down shot off the toilet, because, of course, we couldn't see Norbert's first face. But we ended up using all oh, Norbert. Norbert. He, Nor- he did great. a Norbert great And he spoke German. Oh, hell yeah. German, yeah. <laughs> well, also, he was in, uh, I want to say Norbert was in, again, I didn't meet him, but I, I want to say he was in uh, uh, Schindler's List. That's right. Yeah, yes, he's yeah. a fine actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had and a lot of good and he ate, ate tater tots with like frosting, with, like, oil paint. On. Ew, that's yeah. nasty. The crew was was telling was saying that I made him eat three hundred tater tots. I did not. 
but he ate a lot. He actually he ate had a, a spittoon, lot. He, and he yeah. would keep them in his mouth, and then he would spit them up. He ate a lot, and he looked great doing <laughs> it. Do we have any so. beside, but behind the scenes video of this? With, there should be behind the scenes. Cause, and one other thing, and then, and then we've got to move on, but one other thing I will note is that um, we had a wonderful actress who was going to play the secretary. Um, and unfortunately, at the last minute, we f discovered that she was not allowed to work in the United States. And this was about an hour before we needed her. And uh, so we said, okay, well, the, uh, our other choice was a, a wonderful actress named Trina. And we called Trina, and Trina had been away with her husband on a shoot, who's an actor, and the day before, she had this incredible feeling that she needed to come back to Albuquerque because she was going to get a part, even wow. though that she had had... Serious? Even wow. though the part had been already cast, her husband believed very strongly that she was going to do this part. And she arrived, and we called her. She got to the set, and she did the scene. Oh, she that's awesome. Now, before you leave all this attention to detail, I just would like everyone to know that how happily the crew goes about changing exit signs and padded floors. And there's never any grumbling. No one ever is saying... What the hell are they making me do now? <laughs> Ever. That never happens. So you feel that's your job to sort of grumble for I do. I'm the mouthpiece. <laughs> you know what? I want to say also that when I was cutting the scene in the in the uh, kitchen, it didn't occur to me, but when you came in, you said, let's make sure that we can't see any plugs or any you know open sockets or anything, electrical sockets and stuff like that because it's in Germany and it wouldn't look right. And the other thing, too, is you said that it's a, they, they caught – Norbert wearing the, the oh, ring, the wedding ring. ring, his wedding his ring. Wedding ring. Our technical German technical advisor came up to us and said that Norbert, the Germans wear their wedding rings on the other yeah. hand. Yeah. So we switched it. We caught it in time. That was That's a good so cool. yeah. See, I love that. I love it yeah. when people feel free to come up and say, hey, you know, I don't know if you know this, but because I shit, I didn't know that. You, mm -hmm. you, in Germany, wear the ring on the other finger. I love that because this is, as I say many times on these podcasts, this is nothing if not a collaboration mm -hmm. this is and you don't get a good show if you don't have a good collaboration and you don't get a good collaboration if people aren't invested and if people don't also have the freedom to come up to you and say hey the wedding ring's on the wrong finger so well i will tell you i will now god i hate to be serious but i've said this before but over a course of 46 i'm now in my 46th year professionally and i i said it to him the other day the there's never been a dedicated crew like this. That's true. I mean, that's not just, that's not worth There is never, have I ever seen a crew so dedicated to a show. Yeah, yeah. And in very large part, that's, uh, that's, that's because of Mr. Michael Slovis, who's our director of photography, who's sort of the, the, the head of the, the crew and, uh, and, and sort of, uh, sort of the, you know, the, the, the boss of the crew on, on the set. And, and he is just such a wonderful guy, such a, such a, soft-spoken wonderful person and that's because of brian cranston who's such such a good example for the cast who's another wonderful guy they're like the two dads on the show <laughs> and then uh and and michelle and uh melissa and uh Stu. It, we got uh, the list goes on there's so it many, does go yeah, on because really steve latecki the lighting designer who's about 12 feet tall and big <laughs> and and you never hear him raise his voice to the point where I'm always giving him just a terrible time about quit yelling, will you? Quit, <laughs> quit doing it. No, I'm the only bad example out of the whole cast because I bitch and moan and complain. <laughs> so let's jump back to uh, the U.S. Yeah. And, um, oh, oh, uh, 
uh, oh, I'm sorry. I blew it because I was trying to remember where the hell we jump back to. But we jump back to a phone conversation that oh, we yeah. never see. Uh, we jump back to a phone conversation yeah. where Jesse is freaked because yeah. he feels like the ricin is somewhere. Yeah. And, of course, Walt knows where the We've now been able to see where the ricin is exactly. from last episode. Where, exactly. You know, and, and in Saul's office. And now... Um, uh, Walt is busy uh, making a new ricin making a for fake. Jesse to find. Exactly. <laughs> and I love the way you shot that scene, uh, oh, Michelle. It's, it's a wonderful montage, and I love the way you cut it. Thank you. Uh, Kelly, the wonderful montage <laughs> of making that new cigarette, and the whole time you're hearing that voiceover, you're hearing uh, the impetus for, for him making this cigarette. And it's a nasty thing he's doing. It's a nasty bit of manipulation. Oh, and then, but he's been, I mean, you know, this is nothing yeah, new No, for I'm not saying now. it's the worst thing he's ever done, but it's just... <laughs> You got to add it onto the list there. This is small potatoes for Walt. I guess so. I guess that's true. And he's got a reason to do it. He's not just torturing the kid. He's he's hewing him closer to him. He's, yeah. he's basically this accomplishes two things. Obviously, it's like to get the kid to stop losing sleep over it and to stop questioning it. More importantly, so that because the questioning of this could eventually lead back to discovery that it was really was Walt. Right. Uh, but also, it, it it the guilt this kid feels as we see after this wonderful musical montage of, of searching the house uh you know this the guilt the kid feels afterward is 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 such that you got to figure it's gonna it's gonna tie him very closely to walt even more so than he already is now speaking of that beautiful musical montage kelly you did something editorially different than we've done on any of our other montages can you describe that um, i don't really know uh, I don't really know how to describe it. I was just trying to do something a little bit different, trying to play with the chronology of events. I think you have to look kind of closely, but things don't really, like, I mean, don't, they don't really follow uh, continuity very much. They, I'll have Jesse pick something up, and then I'll have him pick it up again, or... You know, a lot of backwards. Yeah, there's shots. some backwards stuff. There's like like he reaches and the and the cigarette goes. Up yeah, his yeah. I use some. Ba- I I just tried to do something a little bit different than you know because we've done a lot of these things where it's just a lot of quick cutting and I was just trying to do something different. The other thing I I really wanted to use was to try and do that old you know old camera trick where things disappear in the middle of hmm. the frame. I mean uh-huh. you know they just somebody's walking and then they'll they'll just disappear. Yeah. So I did that. With Jesse, but it was just cool trying to like do something different. So um, against a cool song too. I don't know what you guys picked. I don't that remember out. the song at all. I just remember hearing it and just said, you know, this one has a good beat and I can dance to it. So it's. Uh, do you know the name? Of the I can't song? remember. I can't remember the name of the song off the top of my head, but Shoot. I think Thomas Thomas sent it. Yeah, it's a really great song. It is a great it's song. A yeah, song. I love it. So, um, but then we. Uh, I mean, basically, my um, excuse me, Walt you know, has always had this plan in mind. And, you know, he's telling Jesse, it's going to be okay. And, and what we did together and, you know, what we did with that was important. And the fact that it was us together and, you know, uh, you know, what does he say? Something like it makes it so we can move on or move forward. And Jesse's like, move forward where? And then all of a sudden we're, uh, we're, we're at Mike's refrigerator, oh, no, bring and, us, and, bring and he's getting beer. insure and beer, insure and beer. <laughs> at last, at last, we get to the really exciting moment. And this is the first time we've seen Mike's house. Yeah, That's right. Mike has a great house, and I, and I loved they 
God, we got all the um, photos from when I was a kid. You have one of my diaper buddies in one of those pictures <laughs> that we literally were in strollers in 1947 wow. together. And uh, I'm sorry we don't oh, get a closer look at that stuff. Yeah, some of that stuff is fun. Yeah, yeah, the some photos of that stuff are great. is really fun. Yeah, and you, oh, I know, and I even brought it out. You went ahead and you got me my Sugar Ray Robinson poster. We did. Yes, and. <laughs> and I bore Michelle to death with my Bobby Foster stories, but he was a great light heavyweight. Uh, but Sugar Ray Robinson, and I carry, I carry a quote of his in my wallet, and it's very short, but it's, quote, You can hit me, and I won't think much of it, he once said. But you can say something and hurt me very much. Wow! And, it's the opposite and, of sticks and stones. You no, know, wow. he's got. He was. He was so great. He was so so wonderful. And any if for anybody who's over sixty out there, and I don't know how many of you are, you know, Jimmy Cannon was a wonderful sports writer in New York who really went after, for God only knows what reason, Sugar Ray Robinson. But he really sullied his image. Uh, which was undeserved. Anyway, Michelle allowed me and Vince allowed me to have my Sugar Ray Robinson poster in my house, along with all the pictures of my granddaughter and family and old farmhouses and cats mm -hmm. being fed out of a milk pan <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, so it was it was fun. It was fun to walk through that house. It it, it you know again yet another set I did not visit. <laughs> I only know from watching on TV, but it, it looked great. It really. Did. It was you know what I I like about shooting in that house is um, there's a lot of different rooms and a lot of different doors but you can see from one room to another to another and so you get this feeling of voyeurism in that house and I always feel like Mike's watching and Mike's yeah. observing so it's interesting to observe Mike in that in that domain yeah, and, and I really I, I really like shooting through doorways in in yeah. that house and being yeah. a fly on on Mike's wall a lot of a lot of good angles and if you noticed when you watch it there are transoms above some of the doors old transoms that open up so that the air can come through which That's I think cool. is perfect for mm -hmm. Mike that is a nice touch I think and I only think Mike is older I think Mike appreciates things they're older than Mike oh yeah <laughs> I think Mike is a guy who's lived more life than most people ever will and and to that end that that would tend i would think to give you a sort of world weariness no matter your age if you'd seen too much in your yeah. life mm -hmm. and sold your soul oh so long ago yeah yeah and and uh, mike is also a fan of the cane mutiny i was apparently. gonna say what i love was that the, movie uh, i love that movie. Well, <laughs> yeah. um so the guys come over to mike's house and trying to get Mike in yeah yeah and mike's like no freaking Hell no. way yeah. <laughs> That's a great scene. There's a lot of great scenes in this episode with Mike and uh, and uh, Brian and Aaron, and then of course, God, the scene with uh, Mike and uh, De uh, Mike and Hank. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jonathan yeah. and Dean but, for the first. We're, I'm jumping ahead. We're I jumping jump. ahead. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> right, I won't jump ahead. So so we go to the DEA, and now now Madrigal is here at the DEA. Madrigal yeah, has yeah. has flown in on their. What is it? What kind of plane is Gulf it? Stream Five, I guess. Okay, yeah, yeah. with the, with the wings that bend up. Uh, we only uh, know this like from dialogue. Not like we ever had the money to go shoot a Gulfstream, but yeah. And uh, and so Madrigal has come to uh, to the DEA, yeah. and I think we should let Michelle talk about all these angles that she got flying over that table. Yeah, how'd you do that pullback <laughs> over the table? I never figured that out. It's, it's a technocrane. A it was a technocrane. It was a technocrane oh. on a hothead. German engineering. A German engineering. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, well, you know, we talked about having this big, impressive boardroom table, which mm. was is a set that we built, and we had this big, impressive boardroom table, and we had 
I think, 14 people around the, around the table, and I thought it would be really fun to reveal everybody yeah. by doing this pullback across the table. So we just, yeah, we just put a, a camera on the hothead and, and uh, on the crane, and we started actually, we started it two different ways, and I, I don't think we, we, I think we opened on, uh, on Gomez, but I also had it starting on the American flag. We started on the back. flag. Did we start oh, on the flag? We okay, started on the flag. Okay. Um, uh, been so many other episodes since then, but. Well, uh, we do use the part where you, that you have of Hank, and I believe that that's the last shot, or at least at one, one cut it was. I can't remember if it still is. No, it is Hank and Gomez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's actually the start of your other move. It's stolen. Oh, yeah, it's exactly. stolen so from we, that. Yeah, oh, we, okay. we, um, you're right. We, we, we uh, had an option there. Um, and then the, the challenging thing about that was uh, also introducing Lydia, but as we discussed in tone, about not making it too obvious. Yes. So, you know, we did that little, although it's, you know, we, we, want, to re- we want to remember her. So I did that little thing where the, the lawyer leans back. Yes. And, and, and she that's a, and, you, and you throw the focus to her. Yeah. That's a very tricky, that's easy to write a scene like that where it says, by the way, there's a woman here. Uh, you're going to come to know her later, but remember her for now. Don't don't shine too much of a light on her. Just see her just enough that you'll remember for later when you see her again. It's easy to write that kind of stuff. It's hard to execute it's, it. It's really hard because because how much is too much and how much is mm-hmm. not and enough. how much of it's going to look fake and how yeah. much is going to look forced and how you know it's really hard. It's hard when you you know and. It, and it, and, but you did a great job. You gave it just enough. A lot of being a director, it seems to me, aside from all the other technical bits of knowledge you need to know and, and how to work with actors and how to work with uh, a director of photography and how to budget your time, a lot of all those things are super important and how to you know have knowledge of the editing room, but having a good good taste is, is very important. Taste is is. Is there's a lot of things that are everything with directing, but taste is everything in the sense of, you know, how much is too much, how much is just enough, you know, uh, how long should you, how wide should the shot be, how much uh, information am I getting from it, do I need to zoom in close, do I need, just it's it's issues of taste, decisions uh, born of taste, and rhythm and timing every second of the day. It's it's so true. It's all subjective. You know what? What you what one person oh, absolutely. reads in a script, and what another person reads in a script could be two completely different interpretations. Oh, yeah. so. well, Michelle is a director, and don't tell her I said this. But there's <laughs> there's no time that you don't know that you're not in good hands. That oh. you have really that you know that it's going to be good. It's going to yeah. be really really good. Thank you, Jonathan. That, that's, that's nice, that Jonathan, because then you're like, they made me you. wear this. <laughs> she realized how hot it is. That means a lot. How many Thank times do much. I have to do that? That's sweet. That's true, though, too. Uh, and I well, always feel that way, not from an actor's point of view, but from a producer's point of view. When I when I hand a script over to Michelle, I know it will be in good hands. I know it's going to be executed yeah. uh, wonderfully. So, But well, don't tell her we very, said that. Yeah, no, yeah. You guys are very generous because I get, I get your amazing scripts and I think, oh, my God, don't screw this up, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would be thinking. <laughs> so, but, and that's when we met uh, Laura Frazier. Yes, Lo- but Laura wait, Frazier, but wait. Yeah. We yeah. do need to say goodbye to Merkert, actually. He's been with us for yes. all this time. Yes, and, George and, Merkert. Uh, he's has to, he yeah. now has to step down because Hank was right and he was wrong. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and he also, you know, invited Gus to his house and could yes. not figure it out. I mean, the guy is right underneath his nose, yeah. and he can't figure out that this guy is like a major drug dealer. I mean, right. who does that sound like? I know, right? <laughs> We're talking, of course, about the ASAC, uh, ASAC Merkert, who is Hank's boss and played by uh, Michael Seamus Wiles, 
excellent actor mm-hmm. who's has been in, in many episodes now leading up to this. And, yeah, it looks like he's, for political reasons, is kind of getting thrown under the bus. Right. Somebody's got to get thrown under the bus. I guess right. it's going to be him. But, you know, he, yeah. you know, how could he not figure out that this guy was right under his nose? And it's a nice little bit of uh, little, I guess, I don't know if it's foreshadowing, but it definitely is sort of. You know, a little yeah. symbolic for Hank Maybe. also. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it sounds like, uh, who's he talking about? Yeah, there? exactly. Yeah. I got to say, in Merkert's defense, he's got excellent taste in whiskey. <laughs> he's drinking my favorite rye, uh, Whistle Pig. It, it, there's Whistle Pig. If you'll notice in, in most episodes, there's Whistle Pig or Knob Creek. I think this is yeah. the first time we've ever seen Whistle Pig. But, yeah, but, but Knob Creek is, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and Vince, you drink Anything giant. Drink it down. Vince you gets whistle. But, but you know whatever. these bottles, these whistle, whistle pig, and no oh, I go through two or three a day. Giant bottles. No, and, to, and and then we get this note. It's not saying, a joke. He does go through <laughs> two or three a day. But we get a note saying, a okay, you can use sippy straw. You can use yeah. whistle pig. You can use Knob Creek, but you can't make it look like. Uh, a commercial for it. Yeah. So you, but you have these actors picking up these giant bottles of bourbon. So, <laughs> funny enough, their hand placement and where they put them down is all uh, specifically wow. choreographed be- yeah. because of that. We can't make it look too obvious. We didn't get any funny. product placement money for this. I just like the stuff. No, but Dean really wanted. I'm to, hoping uh, somebody who makes this can hear this and say, send me a whistle pig, baby. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so, uh, yeah, so Merkit, great job. And uh, so uh, this brings us to... Yeah, now we get to meet Lydia. Yeah, who, Tell real. us a little bit about her. I know that it's funny. Every time I hear directors or writers come in who have met her, they're like, I just want to talk to her just to hear her talk. <laughs> she, uh, and it, this is so ridiculous. Yet again, uh, yet again, another actor I have not met. She wasn't at the rap party, unfortunately. I was at the rap party for the for our first eight episodes. But she is... Everything I hear about her, she's just wonderful, and she, she has the best. She is a, she is Scottish, and she has yes. a very very strong Scottish accent, and she does an amazing American accent. She is a wonderful wonderful actress, classically trained. Uh, classically trained, wouldn't you say, Jonathan? Yeah, she, I mean, I'm yeah. She is a truly a wonderful actress her, and, a, and a kid. But go ahead, I got a comment I want. Well, to make her first that. scene, her first scene was the, the scene in the coffee shop with yeah. Jonathan, and it was. A nine-page scene or and something it was, like a, that. It was, a, it was a nine-hour day. Too. And, and it was it, so it that was, whole yeah. day was given to just that yes. one scene. Uh, no, we started. Are you at, sure? We started at Mike's house, and then we moved to the oh my to God. the coffee Jesus. shop. So, day. so this wonderful <laughs> actress, new to the show, steps in to this huge scene uh, with Jonathan and hit it out of the park and she is such a pleasure a to work scene. with it's yeah. a, both of you guys yeah. are great but I, I'll tell you what because I mean, you get used to you get used to Aaron and Brian and, and, and all the you know I was going to say looking at the German actors because I was on the set that day or the, the scene in the boardroom and I was thinking boy these are some good actors and you get used to people coming in so prepared but she came in with all those pages and she was right there Yes. You get, you know, I expect it from Brian, I expect it from Aaron, God forbid I expect it from myself, but there she was, and she was right on it, and, and she, yeah, and she, and she is a kid, because she really, I don't think she'd seen that much of the show, mm-hmm. and so there are all those nerves going on mm-hmm. where, you know, oh, God, I gotta do good, I gotta do good, I gotta go, go. I could kid, just watch the show here take the dvds go watch the show you're gonna be fine <laughs> but, but you're right she she stepped in like like an old pro and she's very young and 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 sweet and um and at the end of the day she looked at she looked at us and she's like oh shoo yeah. <laughs> yeah. but how much because i don't she loses the accent so perfectly to my ear 
because I don't I don't hear any Scotland in in her in her voice. How much work do you think it is for her to get rid of the accent for those scenes? I think it's a lot of work well, for her. But I'll tell you the one word on that day that that uh, she got caught up on, and and as soon as we corrected it, and I'm Canadian, you know, I've been lived in the states for 20 years, but I have to say I say the same as her, and that's chamomile tea. A boot. And <laughs> no. I'm going to go out and about in a boat. Anyway, um, and uh, Cam- somebody chamomile? chamomile tea instead of chamomile in, instead of chamomile. Uh. And so I did not notice it, and uh, Helen, our wonderful script supervisor, noticed it. But you you tell you give Laura a note once, and she. She cracks it. You well, guys are I was, probably saying it right in the first place. We're the fucking savages over yeah, here. Exactly. Chamomile. But you know, I was actually <laughs> editing something, and it wasn't it wasn't yes. that scene. It was something in a later episode, and she actually broke. Car- like you, you did a restart, and oh, okay. she broke. And I had never heard the. I had heard that she was yeah. Scottish, but I had never heard the accent. She asked you a question, Michelle. Yeah. And it was like, whoa! And I called my assistant in, and I said, "Look at this! It was like it was like a Jekyll and Hyde moment." I gotta hear this. It was like a totally different. I'm like, whoa! I've never heard her accent. She's hardcore Scottish. And and her her voice. What I noticed in the change because it wasn't much that I got to hear, but the change in her her voice level goes down when she. I mean, not level, but um, I guess the. Deep the deepness of her mm-hmm. voice. I the mean, she, the, the tenor. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. from what I heard, she was asking a question, and her voice kind of raised up to its normal level, and it was oh, like a oh, little yeah. higher. Oh yeah, and it's like a kid, and it's all yeah. the slang expressions too. And if I had a decent Scottish accent, I'd reproduce it, but I don't. And, it, and she, but she is, she is right off the street when she begins to talk. <laughs> wow. It's great. It's, it's great. It's great. And Jonathan, you were so wonderful that day. Uh, Jonathan's got a great sense of humor on set, and he likes to joke around, and is very good at making people feel comfortable and you were so gracious and helpful to her that day because that was a huge huge scene and, and you guys did an amazing job yeah, that was, a big well, deal. was just a weak moment on my part don't you <laughs> and you as we sit here you Thank haven't you. even you haven't even seen this thing where you're sitting here you no. haven't seen the episode finished no. it is great because that's a, a new like a, that's like a you know she's basically telling you to like go kill all these guys that you have on the hook for i mean you know that you know yeah. are solid because you tell her look i vetted them and you know i know what they're going to do and you expect me to go kill you know these I, I just know from from mike and boy I, I just feel the weight of it when you started to talk about the scene you know i don't I, what method i don't think of myself as a method i go act you know i do what i do but uh, as soon as you say that i all of a sudden i'm back in the scene and i realize the weight that mike feels yeah. that uh, of of you know, I just—it's almost as if I can't take another step. Yeah, I can't. I can't take this weight anymore. Which he does. This is Mike's episode, really. I mean, it really is. It is Mike's episode. This is absolutely Mike's episode, and Mike. You know, Mike is a is a, a formidable guy who you wouldn't want mad at you. But Mike is also a very loyal guy, and he's very loyal to his guys. And Walt has really. You know, you can debate the reasons he did it, and some of them were pretty existential. It was him or Gus, but I mean, he has blown up a really good thing here. Walt yeah. has, and and has caused a lot of left a lot of wreckage. And one of these problems that that is born of of him destroying Gus's empire is that now these eleven guys are out there swinging in the breeze, and 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 Mike has to has to provide for them, has to keep them whole, has to keep them, uh, you know. In the, good shape. So. The impression that I get, and maybe, I mean, you know, I've never discussed this with you, but 
I just always feel like Mike is the one person in this whole thing who really knows what he's doing. I mean, he yeah. really knows. Yeah. You don't question. I mean, Mike knows how to take care of things. He knows how to, like, and he does it with such a calmness, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, he is weary and he's tired, but I always feel like um, if he's going to go after something, he's perfectly capable of doing it and yeah. not really breaking a sweat doing yeah. it. No, and he, he knows how to do it. He's capable. I think, I mean, hmm, I'm thinking out loud to myself now, too, that. It, to what end is he doing this? Because he knows the disaster that he's causing in in what he pursues and what he does. And it is a matter of him having sold his soul a long time ago. Yeah, that's well played. Uh, yeah. But there is that, you know, there, from from the last season we saw there's a protection towards Jesse. There's a, There was a protection towards Walt that, you know, even though Mike was, it, all this has happened to Mike – that Mike has sold his soul. There are other people that before they completely sell theirs, he would like to see them, possibly, he would like to see them take a better path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in oh, large yeah. part, in large part, uh, this brings us to uh, Mike's uh, uh, granddaughter. Who, well, who I think but there's that really that great scene where he gets interrogated, where he basically oh, yeah, the DEA. Ahead, oh, that scene. That's one DEA of my favorites. The DEA is in this on episode. his case, but even yeah. then, he's cool as a freaking oh. cucumber in oh, there. Absolutely. He's like, you know, I know what I'm doing. I mean, he meets Chow actually. We haven't seen Chow. since since he got his hand shot through by Mike. Yes. Um, but he meets Chow in the uh, in the in the lobby, you know, and he just kind of like kind of. I James, guess gives James him Ning. And Jimmy and Jimmy. It just as an aside, you know, Jimmy's a wonderful artist, um, and he, because he's such a character, and when we see him, but uh, off camera, Jimmy is a a really delightful man. And and this is one of the few actors <laughs> I've actually met because yeah. the last uh, episode Jimmy was in uh, directed when you shot him through the hand. Actually, yeah. uh, I didn't get to see him this time around. And if uh, you look closely, you can see the scar. Yeah, you see the scar on the back of his yeah. hand when he's trying to put a cigarette in his mouth uh, in, the, in the lobby there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Mike goes in for the D. I mean, um, Hank thinks he's got him. Hank thinks he's got him, and Mike is like, I don't know what you're talking about. You guys just busted that scene wide open and uh you and uh dean norris and and steve steven steve. michael Cazada, steven was great in that scene too you guys i'm so and you directed the hell out of it uh michelle that scene i'm so happy with the way it came out it is i, I look forward to you seeing it well i, it, I look forward to it i was going to say to you know about steve you realize steve a lot of times you know he keeps his mouth shut he comes onto the set and he does not act you know, he's a stand-up comic. Yeah. And if you ever really talk to Steve and engage him, his mind is going like yeah. that all yeah, the time. Yeah. He's yeah. All the time. And it's one of those minds where, you know, he could throw a line in and make a comment on almost everything. And I said to him, finally, I said, you know, it must be very hard for you to be quiet all the time. <laughs> and he said, and he said, it is. It is. <laughs> That's funny. But I tell you, and uh, you and Dean going at it, or Dean going at it, and you just hanging back and just like, just quietly. Because you know, we're just, talking about a lot of money. That's $2 million in his granddaughter's account that well, Dean and says. I think, and yeah. when he finally mentions, mentions and I don't know if, it, if, we, if we, that comes up, but when he, it, they dare to mention my yeah. granddaughter. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. That's, yeah. and that <laughs> is Mike's it. spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Mike's spot where yeah. you can break Mike. Don't mm-hmm. 
with his yeah, yeah. granddaughter. It's in there. Yeah, you can yeah. see it. It's it's. But it's, it's a nice. chess game. Yeah. It's a great chess game. Yeah, a, yeah. yeah. and and Dean is really Dean like, just nails it. He's like Jonathan. You know, obviously. of course, this is going to be it. He's going to cave, and because I got to tell you, just as a, I mean, I'm I I'm the first fan of the show in the sense that that in, in a very real sense, my writers and I, we try to write stuff that pleases us. We try to come up with stuff that we would want to watch, and as as in a sense the one of the first fans of the show this was a scene i've been waiting for for a long time with uh with uh finally seeing hank and uh, mike together really so, yeah really honestly so this when we finally got to this we were practically in the writers room we we're practically rubbing our hands together saying this is going to be fun and you guys absolutely rose to the occasion and it's it's even more fun than i thought than i hoped it would be so we had fun shooting it it was yeah. it was a challenge. It was a challenge because we knew we were we were walking on a on a fine line, you know. But it was, yeah. uh, but these guys are amazing. I mean, it's such a privilege to work with these actors. But that thank you. But that build up has been coming for so long. Oh yeah. That that it's out there. That in a way it it was it it was it was, it was then a, a fun exercise. Yeah. It was fun to go do that mm-hmm. with yeah. with D. Yeah. You know, all right, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> Excuse my language. And so then we come to Mike playing. Well, we have the scene with Saul where basically, uh, you know, Walt and Jesse are you know ramping up, and basically yeah. Saul is kind of. You know, not himself anymore. He's kind of nervous. Yeah, you know, Saul he's very nervous. A, well, Saul had it had his ass handed to him exactly. at the end of the last episode. Well, <laughs> what I wanted to talk about also is that. Um, oh, I wanted to share this because I thought it was very funny when yeah. I read it in my porch swing up by my pool. Yeah, <laughs> was uh, like you have a very bucolic uh, life out there. I, in your yeah, house. when when wow. I can spend time out there, yeah, it's great. Sounds nice. Um, <laughs> You're gonna increase porch swing sales. Oh yeah, um, but. Uh, um, I wanted to mention that, you know, we come to the scene where Mike's granddaughter is at the house. Yeah. And I wanted to, like, share, because our, our audience never gets to see, we've talked about it in the podcast before, that the scripts that you guys write are so much fun to read because you have all the stage direction, you know, oh, that yeah, we never right. get to see. Right, right, so right. I wanted to share with that. And how this, this scene is described, it says... Reveal our resident tough guy. He's playing Hungry Hungry Hippos with his granddaughter Kaylee. In case you don't remember it, and don't pretend you don't, this, this is the game where you try to gobble up a bunch of marbles with your colorful plastic hippo. So I just wanted to read that. Maybe it's more funny, funny to me than it is to people out there. But, you know, I thought it was funny. Cause Here's you a question. Like, Why are two of the hippos the same color? What kind of bullshit is that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I You know, I... Like Sheridan spring for another color for like the fourth hippo. Sheridan, are I'm surprised you didn't have somebody change the color. <laughs> well, because by the time I saw it, it already been well, shot. Well, yes, Sheridan, I would have. I would have called a halt to production if I Sher- don't. Sheridan, our our uh, one of our uh, our editing assistants, Sheridan, um, has you know she had that game when she was a kid, and yeah. she's like, wait a minute, that's not the right color, you know. And we actually looked on eBay, and there's two versions of the game. And one of the versions has the hippos very m- more different colors, and the one that we shot with has two like the hippo is very the light yellow like and yellow. very light green. But you know, well, yeah, I must be colorblind or something. I don't see any difference. <laughs> it just seems like that seems like they cheaped out. Like, I don't know what they to tell have you. A but there are the there apparently hippo? are two versions of the game, and right. one of them has much more distinct. Did you have hippos. fun? Uh, had you ever played Hungry Hungry Hippos? Uh, it's my passion. <laughs> I do. I'm. Uh, I'm old enough that I really didn't know what they were. That's your that's your age group. I had no idea. 
I will say, you know, my baby, when she comes in and plays my granddaughter, she's uh, she's so excited to come she's and cute. do it and do it. And she really, she just, she loves it. And now she knows, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, her parents have now begun to let her watch the show. Uh, really? They didn't in the beginning. I don't blame them. Well, well, yes, they should. Yes, they should. I said to her, I said to her about the scene in the last season, I said, I bring the balloons. I said, you know what I do after that? I said, I go and I shoot a bunch of people. And I said, now listen, I got a, I have quite a few kids and I have always let them watch and say to them, do you see that? Now, this is how it's done. That shirt's scored. There's a blood bag under it, blah, 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 blah. The guy gets up and walks away, blah, blah. And she goes, I know. She said, I know. And they won't let me. And I said, and I went to her mother and I said, you've got to let her watch this scene. Let her watch that scene. Maybe there's some things that you don't want her to watch, but let her watch the scene. And they did. So she's, she's up to, she's up to What? snuff on it you know because the other a, thing too is yeah. that i think the last time we saw her was when mike dropped her off you know mm-hmm. with the balloons and that was like how long ago was that that was a lot that was at least a year and a half or something yeah, yeah it was it you was know? in fact we uh we we checked in to see how much she'd grown before i was gonna we say shot the yeah scene before because uh we wanted to make sure that we didn't have to Recast mm-hmm. with the, with a child who was hadn't grown too much, and uh, and 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 Kai is wonderful, and she has grown a little bit. I think she grew two inches, but she still looks young enough that you know she looks looks exactly and, yeah. And, um, she's and, cute yeah. as a bud. She'll have a, she'll have a girl squirt uh, later. She's only like twelve. Yeah, so she's, she's but that's that sweet. age, and they can yeah. like no, that's true. Well, who you. knows? Maybe she, six she months. She looks younger. She looks a little younger than she is. But mm-hmm. I got I to tell you, when you, when you engage her in a conversation. She is she is very mature. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And and self assured. She's very self assured and very confident. She had to ad lib in that scene and ad libbing with with uh, you know anybody, you know, especially a very experienced actor like Jonathan, it's that's intimidating. Right. And uh, she did a great job. Mm-hmm. She had a lot right. of fun. You know, she hadn't been doing it long enough to be intimidated, which which is a good thing. Yeah. Sometimes that works in your benefit. But she is a very she has very good natural uh, talent. She's did a we, good young actor. Did we actress. keep the banging into the hand stuff? We did, uh, we did not. We did not. You know what? It's going to be on the DVD extras. We didn't have time for oh, it. Oh, good. It will oh, be. Oh, it was oh, cute. People, it was people, cute. It was really cute. You think all those boxers up on the wall, they go for naught? <laughs> it was cute because it is, Jonathan... It was very cute. We tried uh, to keep it. It, it, was, was, it was, was a little scene where Jonathan... Um, uh, I mean, uh, Mike is sort of showing his granddaughter how to yeah. box, yeah. and so they're you know she's kind of punching her hands, well, and, and she keeps her elbows in, yeah, she yeah. keeps her wrists tight, yeah. chin down. She does so. A great go home and it. teach your own kid, you know, how to get a concussion. Let me ask sort. you this, Vince: with with your grandfather, did you call your grandfather Pop Pop, or where did that come from? And no, Pop Pop came from another one of my writers. Okay. Uh, I can't remember who originated the character, but I, I called my uh, I had I had my Grampy Gilligan, and then I had my Granddaddy Lambert. So that was uh, Pop Pop was yet another uh, was another. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, um, Answer it. Uh, <laughs> so you said that, but you didn't call your grandfather Pop Pop. It was one of the writers. One yeah, it was writers. one of the writers. It okay. might have been Peter Gould. Or, I'm not sure. Um. So then, uh, basically, uh, you want to talk a little bit about this little pig that you that you've you know that you have rolling around because it definitely plays in the next scene. Uh, yeah, that was originally written to be a baby doll, a walking baby doll that it would its little heels would go thump 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 against the uh, 
the front door of uh, Chow's house there. But then Mark Hansen, our prime master, couldn't find any walking baby dolls that would have worked. And they're hard to find. They really? don't make them anymore. I don't know. He oh. couldn't. I don't know. But he found this little pig toy that uh, worked very well. So this is the uh, the, the uh, ruse that uh, Mike... Mike uh, relies on a lot of children's toys to kill people. It's just... <laughs> It's a running theme, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that uh, that. But Mike uh, has—he knows—he basically knows what's up when Chow calls him. I guess. I—he may—he may at that moment, like a little alarm bell is starting to go off, and maybe he figured it out during the interim, the two hours. He says to Chow, "It'll take for him to get across town." I think he's doing probably a little legwork, a little giving a little thought. I, Mike is a very smart guy, but I think. You know, of course, the question is, boy, is he going to walk into a trap here? We hope not. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Mike is too smart for that to happen. But uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that he figured it out before he even hung up the phone. It might have taken him a little while to put two and two together. I don't know, the way I read it anyway. So we put this little pig on the thing so it blocks the, the peephole. No, it's not about blocking the peephole. I don't, I don't know. Hopefully it plays... You know, I think it plays great the way Michelle shot it. Oh, I see. You, I know a, what you mean. It's, it's not, not about blocking, blocking the peephole. Yeah. It's about distracting Chris. The uh, He did a real good job, too, he by did. the way. He did. Uh, uh, but uh, Chris, uh, uh, Chris King, I believe. I think so. Chris, who I directed way back when. Um, Chris King. Christopher King, uh, who I directed. Uh, he was the bodyguard, if you remember. He never had a line in uh, the last episode of season four, but he was the guy driving... Gus's car and Gus says wait here and he gets out and he goes to his fate in the nursing home but he's the bodyguard who is now sort of a Ronin I guess a samurai without a master and he's <laughs> got to pay the bills he's got a mortgage to pay so he's gonna he's gonna kill uh, Mike except that Mike gets a drop on him and the, and the whole point of the ruse is that you know what is that weird noise what's I'm that waiting tapping you know, on what's the that door? tapping yeah I'm you waiting. know and and Chris it's interesting because you get there and I, I don't he hasn't done much and all of a sudden the idea of saying when Mike says to him are you ready and meaning are you ready to die yeah. and there I was really taken with his performance in in what he did it was simple it was right there and it was poignant so I think he did a great job he did indeed and you are exactly right and again you know the the fellow really rose to the occasion because I don't I he's maybe never, he's never I, done the he's, he, he was hired as an extra essentially back in season four but mm-hmm. he did he was a sweet guy and he did a good job and talk 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 about rising to the occasion he he did indeed and uh, that scene wait till you see it it plays it's it's very delicate what you do I love how mm-hmm. you know you're gonna kill the guy there's no question about it there's no him talking you out of it but there there is a a, a heaviness and a resignation and a sadness to it and it plays just as i hoped it would and very well very well played and poor uh chow poor chow you want to to talk about your visual effect in that one too that you added later oh there's a little fly we (laughs) wanted to add a little buzz of a fly so we thought well we'll add it in with sound and then we thought what the hell we got these amazing uh visual effects guys will just give us a fly to fly into frame fly out this is on the shot over past uh uh, Chow's right. uh, in the, from the behind, from behind, from behind yeah. with all the brain matter and stuff. And <laughs> it's uh, you know flies. I'm sure are attracted to such things, and so it uh, it plays very nicely. It's very it's very it's a very small little thing you can <laughs> almost miss. Uh, but that that's all. 
you know, that's not a perfectly timed real fly. That's all visual effects. It's it's amazing what you know. We you can just come up with it and you can do it now. The only question is, do you have the time or the money? The money, but yeah. You can you can you can. It's amazing the the tools in our toolbox now with uh, visual effects such as they are. So um, now we're we're we've come to an interesting little part of our show, which we kind of had a lot of trouble with trying to figure out how to establish. Uh, where Lydia is and you know you want to talk a little bit about that Vince well Lydia you can't I don't blame you for not figuring this out on your own you you can't tell that Lydia lives in a whole different uh, city but Lydia lives in Houston Texas and that is what that is supposed to be of course we shot that that scene in, in Albuquerque as we shoot all of our show that house, by the way, what a how lucky were we to find that house? I remember being on the scout with you when, when you and I first laid eyes on it because we were phenomenal. looking for a we were looking for a high rise apartment and we went to the some tall buildings in Albuquerque and and you, it's just you can't look out the windows because you know you're in Albuquerque and you're true. not in Houston and yeah. and there wasn't anything high end enough that we could actually shoot in and uh, and the funny thing about there this were house, there were a couple but the main problem was out the window you could yeah. see that it was not Albuquerque it was it was not Houston well and, and they weren't they weren't dressed you know yeah. as, as as upscale and beautiful as we would like them to and and uh, we were actually driving along the street and I looked up on the hill and I said to our location manager I said you know that's where we should be going. And he looked at me and he goes, that's where we are going, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> he's, said, oh, okay. he's a mine raider. Christian's a mine raider. Christian did a great job finding yeah. that house. But the, the, the owners of this house, he's an architect, and yes. they're wonderful, and I love that house. I'd love to live and in that house. And he designed the house himself. He designed the house for himself. For him and his wife. And, uh, and we used uh, almost all of their furniture and, and artwork. And we artwork. had to replace a few pieces that we couldn't get cleared. But a lot of them are local artists, and they sign clearance forms, and, right. and they're and their work is in the show. It's Imagine beautiful. the work that goes in every image you see. You know, if you know, have a poster or something on a wall, and and, and you know, when you when you have a set, when you have a location, you know, you're going to have a lot of stuff as people do in their houses, stuff on the walls. You got somebody's job is to clear every st- stick of that stuff and make sure that it's legal to use. It's and, and we have a, uh, uh, Janine Fletcher, our amazing. Uh, person who's head of clearances she does all that and she works with the art department and things that don't clear the art department brings in new art and they and they replace it so it's it's a it's a lot of work but the thing i love about that location is um it was a challenge in finding something that logistically worked with I, i really love the way you wrote vince of tying mike in to the little girl and that location we walked in and it was laid out Perfectly. It, perfectly. It, just, it was it was fantastic, and it, I could see right away how we could shoot it there, and yeah. and, uh, and we had a lot of fun and figuring figuring that out. It was a it was a a challenge to shoot in that house though because it's a glass house ostensibly, and it's which is really hard to light. And um, and Michael Slovis, who is a, a genius cinematographer and incredibly fast, that is a actually a time consuming house to to I'll light bet. in. So tell him why. I mean, in the sense that you see yourself reflected. You see yourself reflected. You see your lights reflected. You see the camera reflected. You see it, everything. Yeah. And and we of course wanted to play the reflections of the city and sure. and uh, and we also wanted to sell that it was uh, I, it wasn't Albuquerque that we were in a different city. So it was it was really challenging. And yeah. and as a result, we couldn't actually do that many shots in the one night that that yeah. um we had to shoot there but i was really happy with that location i thought it it, it turned out beautiful it turned out beautiful but and then when you and i got in the editing room kelly we we're thinking i always had in my mind in the script we'd have a an establishing shot of houston texas you know a bit of stock footage you but purchased. what says houston texas god damn we looked <laughs> we saw hundreds of 
well, maybe not hundreds. We saw dozens and dozens of bits of stock of Houston, and there's nothing really that's But, I mean, Houston. unless you yeah. live in Houston, I mean, and yeah. please forgive us because, you know, most cities are like this. Um, unless you live there, you really do not recognize the skyline. And you yeah. were very adamant that you did not want a, a, a title underneath saying Houston, Texas. I, I, I wish we could have done that. It's just we're, we're, we're 40 eight episodes into our show and we've never done a, a legend mm-hmm. it's what we call them in the x-files right x-files that was a brilliant idea that chris carter came up with on that show you little chiron little words would come up at the bottom of the screen telling you where you were or what time it was or right whatever. but you can't suddenly start doing that 48 episodes into the run of a show so i figured you know that, that option was unavailable to us yeah um yeah, so, I mean, you know, we, we thought about it. We tried different things like maybe finding stock footage of the Texas flag because I think a lot of people do know the Texas flag, yeah. even though they may not know the Albuquerque, I mean, the New Mexico flag, yeah. they know, you know, the Texas flag. But we, we kind of just decided that maybe it wasn't as important and it would get revealed later. Yeah. And there are different ways that we do reveal it later yeah. in later episodes. You just got to listen. As with most things on this show, you just got to listen close, mm-hmm. watch closely. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, you know, we, we get in there and we have a, a nanny who's teaching a little kid how to speak Spanish, to count in Spanish. Little kid and, was cute. And uh, to uh, do her colors in Spanish. Oh, took notes, hit her mark, <laughs> did, matched her takes. And in the meantime, Jonathan is behind a door with a freaking, you nanny know. was good. What kind of yeah, gun does, but does, in reality, uh, what Jonathan was doing there was I would there I brought in a box of Dunkin' Donuts, yeah, and I'm giving the kid donuts, and Michelle's yelling at me, "Don't! You'll make her sick." I said, "The kid wants a donut. Give the kid a donut." And the kid appreciated the donut. What kind of pistol does John, does uh, Mike use, Vince? It was different than the one I gave him in uh, in that scene in season three. Man, you hated that thing. The 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 the, the well, that giant. You gave one that didn't weigh as much. I know we gave you one that weighed less. I hope you appreciate that. We well, we, we make you. The, you gave me. Uh, the, what did I have this year that weighed? What was it? Well, that the, I'm jumping ahead. Well, you had mind. back in season three when you killed everybody at the Chow's warehouse. You well, had that an, had the an silencer HK, on it too, yeah, it and then the HK damn thing would jam all well, the time. That one he yeah. shouldn't be using, right? He should have gotten no. rid of that one, right? Yes. If well, he killed all yes, he did. He got rid of it. To throw away. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, you had it like a Glock or something this time around with a silencer. Yeah, on it was it. much better. All right, good. All right, the, the Glock people. I was be so very happy. happy to hear that. I'm sure. And then grabbing, you know, when you. <laughs> I know those people. You know the Glock people. They're you know not Mr. happy to Glock? hear much about anything. Oh, you yeah? know who they're friends with is Arlie Ermy. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, the drill instructor. I know. Are you? I mean, you know I don't Arlie. know. I know of him. Well, I know him. Is he? Is he as cool as he seems? Arlie? Yeah. yeah. It's Sergeant Bilko, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Are you kidding? It was like, yeah, I can get that for you. Sure. Wow. I mean, it, I, listen, I'll let Arlie tell you. I'll tell you. Okay, I'm going to jump ahead, though. Arlie, though, when he did, Arlie, when he did um, Mississippi Burning, where oh, yeah, all right. of a sudden yeah, he's yeah. not the DI, he's yeah, yeah. he's the mayor. Yeah, right. And when he hangs himself, mm-hmm. he is a good actor. He is. Outside of... Being Playing the drill instructor. drill instructor. He was great. God knows he was great in uh, Full Metal Jacket. But, you know, there's, you catch a little glimpse of him if you're watching closely in Apocalypse Now. He's one of the helicopter pilots. Yeah. You know, and that I think back then, when I say Bilko, and I'll let him speak for himself, but it was like, you know, they came up, and here's this lifer, this marine lifer who's yeah. going, yeah, I can get that for you. Why don't you get that for you? Here, you want to roll? Yeah, I'll take that roll. Wow. I mean, I think that's pretty much how that stuff got started. That's, He's crazy. In fact, that is that stuff. He was in an episode of the X Files. 
he was in the, I, it was not one I wrote. I never was up there. I never met him, but he played a uh, preacher who gets killed in the teaser. So, uh, yeah. but I, uh, no, he's, uh, which one is it? Oh God. It was one where the that. kid is kids bleeding from his palms. Oh, oh yeah. The, the one, yeah. The, I, I remember know. that one. It's uh it was, you know, it was, uh, God, talk about running together. Rev- in your head. Revelations. Was, Revelations. Revelations. I think God, you're good. I think that's what it was called. There's 202 episodes on that show. Talk about running together in your head. I'll Man. tell you again. We're getting back to the, in the house with the gun and and Laura once again, coming down that coming down that hall and grabbing her time after time. And I try to you know you try to be as gentle as you can, but there's got to be a certain amount of reality. And I mean yeah. she's. She was game the whole time. She was game because that gun goes up there. Yeah, she, it's a great scene. And then Wait she's pleading. She's pleading for her life. Yeah, except know. in a very kind of a unusual kinda, way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a great scene. It's uh, it's a, a very unusual way, which is that was a lot of fun. It's Boy, funny that, too. It's a curveball. It's Good. funny too because you know she's you can tell that you're not really sure who she is or what she's about, but you can tell that she's got something going you know there's some baggage going there. on there's some baggage with something's old Lydia going on and she's smart she's it's smart it's an odd thing that she says yeah. Yeah. yeah she's very smart I'll give you a little I'll give you a little uh, uh, I'll give you a little spoiler uh, her Uh-oh. have I said this one already uh-huh. Lydia Lydia Rodart Quayle that's her full name yeah Lydia Rodart how's that a spoiler well it's not a spoiler it what does spoiler mean? It's it's information you have on something before it happens. So well, it's, it's in the script. I mean, no, no, I'm saying the, it, but the people who are listening to this haven't read the script. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. So anyway, Lydia Rodart Quail. Yeah, where's that come from then? Vince? I don't know. Just you know, you literally. How do you, you pronounce it, Vince? Rodart like Rodart like road hard and put away wet. That's how you. That's how you remember. <laughs> that's how you. I have one. Now that we're here, because. You know, what you don't realize, folks out there, is Vince and I never really see each other. And we we see each other when we do these things. So where did Armantrout Armantrout come from? Oh, I'm I'm very glad you asked. Armantrout, I'm glad you asked. my 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 girlfriend Holly has a longtime friend. She's she's my friend as well, named uh, Anita. Uh, and Anita's uh, maiden name is Ermintrout. Uh and uh at, at, this is back in Richmond, Virginia and um uh, there's there's Anita and then there is uh, Becky. That's uh, enough. Hey, we don't need no, to. No, I got no. I got a name all because nobody. Now here's the point no, about no, this. No, nobody know. consulted me on what my last name oh, was, cool and I went. Name. It's not a cool last name. Oh, Anita will make a difference. Anita, will come Anita, no offense. Anita, I love that last name. But I gotta say Becky, and then uh, and I gotta say uh, and then Stephanie. Stephanie and Becky and Anita. Uh, uh, if I if I mention I, I got to mention all three. If I mention one, so yeah. Trouble. Stephanie, Becky, and and Anita. And Anita, yeah. Anita, Stephanie, and Becky. Yes, thank you. Well, that, that you get it. This guy you get major trouble. brownie points for you having done that. That's no, good. I'm in trouble now. No, man. no, no. They used points. to like me. No, no, they love you. All right, my Breaking Bad question is: I heard you in an interview say it was a Southern thing. Now I yeah. know I grew up in Northeast Washington D.C. Yeah, and. It can be described as a southern city, but from the time I was a kid, yeah. in the in the could talk in the yeah. late forties, early fifties, 
I heard the expression Breaking Bad. Now, okay. I got to tell you, my neighbor, John Densmore, used to, was the drummer for The Doors. Oh, he shit. came over wow. one day. He comes over one day and he says, you know, there's some other neighbor. This is, tells you I'm still living in a bad neighborhood. He says, you know, the guy next door is breaking bad on me. Now, he said that to me. The guy from The Doors said that. Yeah. Right he said on. that to me. I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, oh, whatever okay. it was. Yeah. It was it, that expression is all over the Northeast. Okay, you know, all maybe over. it's maybe it's a mid-Atlantic or maybe it's an well, Atlantic, wait a maybe it's an you East say, Coast thing. You say Northeast Washington D.C. You grew up in Virginia. That's, I grew up. What is I grew stones up, throw from I, each other. No, it's ninety miles me. away. You, you, it's you, 90, you, yeah. you cross that river. You're in the South. Oh, okay. And that would be the Potomac <laughs> River. And you are in the South. It is true. It is true. But. They are close uh, geographically. Maybe it's a maybe it's a East Coast thing. I, but you know, I got to tell you, out here, I know people don't people get do it. Not and you're going, man, it. and I'm thinking it's yeah. one of the most. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. People do not know what breaking. <laughs> I mean, hopefully now they'll start to, but they are not familiar with the old expression. So it's what you say to the wife. You say, "What are you breaking bad on me?" Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, hey, when that happens. So, <laughs> just to like wrap this up towards the end, yeah. um, John, uh, 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 Mike calls Walt and says he's in. They've got a new methylamine connection. Yeah. Um, Lydia's going to live for now. Yeah. And, uh, and so now we're back at the White House, and uh, Skylar is scared. <laughs> Yeah, Anna Gunn, great that she she didn't have a whole lot to play in this in this episode, but man, what she did play, she played to the hilt. That it's is really good. Talk about it's shooting creepy. that scene, that that last scene. That it's a winner. We shot it as a winner. Yeah. Um, but we also I also had a, a high angle that we had the option to cut into it if we wanted to, but uh, you cut it short, right? Yeah. Do you want me to talk about what was sure. really there? So what was really wow. written was. Uh, Walt comes into the bedroom and he's uh, talking to to Skyler and and uh, talking about Ted and and uh, he starts coming on to her and he he uh, takes off his underwear and he and he uh, starts to get fresh with her and and uh, fresh <laughs> fresh I don't know, that was really frisky. Canadian I mean frisky starts to get frisky with her and uh, and he takes off uh, he takes off he reaches under covers and takes off her underwear and she knows that he wants to have sex with her. So, but she doesn't want to. And uh, so the way it was written was that before he can, she reaches over and she gives him a hand job. Reaches behind her. Reaches behind her. Does a little uh, uh, preemptive uh, hand job. Yes, does a little preemptive hand job to to prevent from actually having sex. Um, I guess that's interpretation. That's a whole Clinton thing. Sorry, I should go there. What? Well, you know, some people say that would be sex, but anyway, it's they too. Hey, hey, I'll take can it. We, can we cut? Can we cut that? Works out? for me. Kelly, <laughs> <laughs> have to cut that out. Anyway, no, 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 so, no, no. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, so we shot that, and we shot it as this great winner, and. Uh, and it is really so cre- creepy. <laughs> it is really which we wanted. It's it to really, be. really, it's really disturbing. Really disturbing. After and actually watching the dailies yeah. was really disturbing. And but that was, is and not that's why what we wanted was was to make it really disturbing. Oh, I think what's there is already disturbing, disturbing as well. Yeah. We yeah. did not cut it because it was too disturbing. We cut it as I was saying earlier to Jonathan about the the scene with uh, boxing with uh, with Kaylee. It's we. These episodes have to be exactly, you got it written down there, 47 minutes and... Seven seconds and four frames. 47 minutes, seven seconds, and four frames long. Including the credits and the main title. Yes. So there is a, you know, as often as said uh, by others, uh, the old Harlan Ellison line about TV being the Procrustean bed, 
I mean, it's got to be exactly to that frame, no more, no less. And to that end, a lot of this job in the editing room after after Kelly and Skip make it perfect and the directors make it perfect with them, and then I add my little things I want to change here and there, then then there's a whole other pass you often have to do to get it right to time. And anyway, so this scene was even more. If you if you are if if you had your teeth put on edge by watching the end of this episode, if you're like, oh my god, that is just that is so disturbing. I'm, ugh, yeah, my skin is crawling. It it was even worse in the, <laughs> the original the cut. Well, now that we've talked about it this much, maybe we should put it in the DVD, the the uncut version of it. It's not it's not any more R-rated, and it's oblique, somewhat oblique, mm-hmm. what it is she's doing. It just, uh, I was, you and I, I was very troubled to have to cut it for time. But but now that it's gone, I don't miss it. Actually, we I went, think we it, went back and forth a, a lot on it. The only thing we well, did, the only thing bad about cutting it is she was proactive in the longer version. She was doing something to keep him from having sex with her. It which, plays, which made her a little stronger. Yeah, but either way, in both versions, trust me on this, it played kind of rapey. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's creepy, <laughs> but it's it's meant to be. So if we anyway. do put in the DVD version, I think we should. You know, the way you cut it, I really liked. You know. Cutting into the water, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, sounds and good. And if we're going to do the BBD version, yeah, I mean, yeah. we can get a little boxing <laughs> in there. Get a little boxing in there. All right. Well, this has been excessively long, but it's been quite fun. <laughs> 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 it's been quite fun. It has been we probably fun. have to cut it down for time. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, th- th- let's do one thing in the show where we don't have to cut down for time. <laughs> the audience right one. now is going, no, please. <laughs> yeah. Please cut it they down. Actually want us to if do they stuck longer. around this long. They asked us for longer. The ones who were not around. This long, they're asleep. <laughs> They've anyway, gone to bed. So, uh, so we're, uh, we appreciate everybody listening and watching the show. And next week, uh, episode number five hundred three. What's that one called? Five hundred three is called Hazard Pay. Hazard Pay, and directed by Adam Bernstein, Dr- written by written Peter by Gould. Peter Gould, directed by Adam Bernstein. Who both those guys did a wonderful job, and we got we got uh, got some more uh, wonderful stuff from from Mr. Banks here to look forward to in that one. And this one is uh, written by you, Vince Gilligan, directed yes. by Michelle. Yes. So, um, all right. So uh, we'll see y'all next week. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks very much, Thank everybody. You. Let's go break bad later.